Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Chinese Mania! Shout out to that guy, Greg. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the biggest cheap heat of the year. Actually, I think we already had that last week, but welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. I am his majesty, your majesty. I don't even know the best terminology, but they call me sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And I'm joined by a man. Oh my goodness. I like a delicious chicken. Oh my God. People buy replica belts all the time. Shout out to that guy, Greg. How are you, SGG? Oh man, I'm doing great. Um, WrestleMania weekend. I got the results I wanted. So it's hard for me not to be on Cloud Nine right now. Kofi Mania ran wild, ran all through, uh, the MetLife Center. It, yo, it did, it did run through the MetLife Center. Um, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how the MetLife Center reacted. <laughs> um, and what a, what a cool, I mean, that literally played out as good as you could have possibly hoped, basically. Yeah, it really did. And if you don't know what I'm referring to when I, when we say the Met Life Center, it would be this moment right here. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You know something? It's great to be back here at WrestleMania. And it's great to be right here in the Silver Dome. Okay, okay, okay. It's awesome to be right here in the Met Life Center, brother. <laughs> that's a, he made a joke, but that's not what it's called. So it, the joke, you know, Hulkster yet again being the Hulkster. Though there, there is probably some Hulkster news in Outside the Ring News and Notes SGG. What do you have this week? Um, Biggie's injured. He has a knee injury that he seemed to suffer in the main event. On SmackDown, um, when Cesaro did a crossbody, he just didn't land right and then confirmed on Twitter that, uh, he made mincemeat out of his, his meniscus is what he said. And, um, yeah, his crossbody cooked his meniscus and he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Um, best case scenario, it'll be a few months. Um, I mean, best case scenario, excuse me, it'll be a few weeks. Worst case scenario, it'll be a few months. Dang. Uh, well, we all will. I, I hope that that is the prior, and especially right now, not the time that you want to be gone. But at the same time, maybe it's a good time to be gone because this culmination was so big. And, you know, thank goodness it didn't happen before because Big E was such a huge part of it. And by the way, if you're just listening to this episode, I hope you checked out the interview with the New Day that I did right, you know, about 15 minutes after Kofi won the championship it was pretty cool to see all of them in their glory uh and i was very happy to get to have that moment with them it was very nice but um yeah speedy recovery i gotta reach out to old biggie and see how he's doing because i did not even realize that happened maybe it's because i wasn't that dialed in to the second six man tag event of the night and the second of back-to-back similar uses of the new day immediately after wrestlemania but we'll get there yeah um, yeah, so in other news, Road Dog 
there's conflicting reports. I read somewhere that he quit. Um, I'm reading in other places that he was simply um, sort of gave up his post as head writer of SmackDown's road team and is being reassigned and still working with the company. Um, But I don't know exactly what's happening, just that there's a lot of scuttlebutt going on online that something is going on with the road dog. Maybe he's reassigned. Maybe he quit. We don't know. I noticed him on Sunday when I was working for ESPN because I wasn't working for WWE. I was just working for ESPN. And I did notice that Road Dog was hanging out in street clothes. And if you're working WrestleMania, um, and, and you're not named Pat McAfee, you're wearing a full suit or tuxedo. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. and, uh, so th- the fact that he wasn't dressed made me think that, yeah, it was weird. Like he wasn't working Mania. I, I don't know. I didn't talk to him. Maybe he still was, but, um, that would be very interesting if Road Dog was no longer the road team for SmackDown. Um, I do think SmackDown has been the better show now for quite some time. Um, I just like Road Dog. I'll just be—I'll be honest with you. I just like him. He's just a very personable, friendly guy. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I like him too, and um, it'll be interesting to see how SmackDown um, looks and feels without him. Um, I'll tell you how it, I'll tell you how the first one felt after Mania, uh, a lot like Raw. Which I don't know if that's sa- a good thing. Same gimmick with Lars Sullivan that they did on Monday. They did the same thing with Lacey Evans that they did on Monday. They they closed the show with a New Day bar match. It was the same. It was the same show, guys. Yeah, which I don't know if that's what we want. Yeah, we can get more into that as time goes, as the show goes on, but, uh, I have a lot of positive things to say about TakeOver and WrestleMania. My positive things start to run out late in the night on WrestleMania and it continues into Raw. That is for sure. <laughs> uh, Sasha Banks, uh, reports coming from Wrestling Observer that she threatened to quit, um, over the weekend. They're saying Monday that she went to WWE officials and told them that she wanted to quit. And that, you know, they didn't necessarily talk her out of it, but the it was just like a same similar to Revival. It was a, let's see what happens from here, take a breather, cool off, and then we'll come back and revisit this. So um, she could be on her way out. We shall see. Um, certainly hope not. I, I hope not to. I hope they don't release her. I hope they find a way to use her um, in a way that's mutually beneficial for everybody because if, if she's threatening to quit, then she's certainly not happy with her place in the company. Well, my, and, my uh, guess is my, if I know Sasha Banks and I only know her in a limited way, I didn't see her once this weekend, I don't think, um, I'm guessing she was not happy with them dropping the titles at WrestleMania. And then I'd also guess that she was not happy with not having a match on Monday and Bailey going out and jobbing to Alexa Bliss. Yeah. In her first match back for a while, I think this is her first match of the year, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. It's Bliss hasn't had a singles match in forever. So Yeah. I mean listen, it's not the worst job to do. I don't know if ever anyone remembers that Alexa Bliss was once uh, ran 
rough shot over the entire women's division. We forgot about that well, because yeah, it became the Ronda Rousey show. It's Sasha because she took the took the title off of her, and um, feel like she might not have been happy with that even. I mean, let's be honest. I don't. Feel, I feel like Sasha's probably not happy with a lot, but I still don't want don't want her to go. Um, although, you know, listen, who knows, Sasha. Sasha would be very successful anywhere. Um, she is an incredible in-ring talent. There's no doubt about that. She's one of, I mean, everyone knows. I I, I love her theme song. I, I it inspires me. I'm a big Sasha fan. Um, but I think it's a combination of probably being misused and underappreciated, and her also probably not having the world's best attitude on planet Earth. I think that combination all adds up together. How much do you think the like? What do you think influences what? What's is it that she has a reputation for having a bad attitude because she's not used properly, or she's not used properly because she has a reputation for having a bad attitude? It's probably impossible to say what which is first because I think a lot of people get treated in a way they don't want to be treated, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I think it's just the what the thing is. Um, are you the flavor of the month? And if you're not, you may not get treated great. And I think that's a professionally, that's a tough situation to work in. And then on top of that, I do think Sasha thinks she's the absolute best. And that, that, while it's a positive attitude in terms of getting to where you need to get to, maintaining that, that attitude when you have coworkers and stuff is hard. It's not necessarily beneficial. So. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's still I'm sure there's fault on all sides here, but you got to find a way to make it work with Sasha Banks. Kids love her. She's super talented in ring. Um, I think you got to figure it out. But hey, that's me. Yeah, and I agree. You put a bow on that very nicely when you said it's Sasha Banks. You got to figure out a way to make it work. Keep her around. Uh, make it around make for it work. A long time. And uh, the last thing I have, AEW is negotiating a deal. There was speculation that it would be with Turner, but now that speculation seems to be um, turned out to be true. A, an announcement seems imminent um, at the Turner upfronts, and we might see them end up on TNT when their TV deal is finally announced. I read that. I read the deal is not a done deal. Um, but... I'll tell you what, Greg, it's a game changer if they're on TNT every week. Yeah, it definitely legitimizes them in a way um, that I feel like TNA slash Impact has been chasing for a while. And um, they they leapfrog over everybody when you think about uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact. They go right into that number one, number two spot, excuse me. Um, And not even close. Yeah, like they 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 go far and away ahead of the number three position if they land on TNT. Whichever company you want to put in there. Like my question is, it'll be it'll it'll just be interesting. Let's wait and see if in fact the TNT thing happens. But if they're on eight or nine o'clock on TNT one night a week live TV, um, with the kind of names they have. If they really could put together a good show, very very interesting. Could be super interesting, yeah. especially especially the timing with WWE going to Fox on Fridays 
and vacating Tuesdays. So yeah, the, the, think, the middle of the week is in, a, is in a different situation. Yep, it's wide open. And I think it's smart on their part to not even have the desire to go head-to-head um, head-to-head with WWE. Because you don't want anybody flipping channels and splitting their focus, and you don't want them um, straight-up choosing WWE, which would be what would happen for most of that run. You want people to be with you for the whole uh, hour or two hours or whatever it is, and I think if they land on TNT, that's exactly what's going to happen. We shall see, SGG. First things first is let's find out whether it's in fact true. We'll do that, and then we'll uh, we'll see from there. Yeah, hope it is true though. It'd be nice. Well, it certainly let's opens see. the door to real competition and and starts putting some pressure on WWE to come with a better product than they came with on Monday night, for example. Yeah. So, um, first of all, how how listen? We cannot review all of WrestleMania, though. I think I did quite well with my picks. Yeah, I think you did too. You picked, I think you picked all the title changes. I think I, I didn't, thinking. except for except for Iconics. Yeah, which it was interesting though. Um, between WrestleMania, Raw, and SmackDown, every title changed hands except for Samoa Joe's United States Champion. So the championship landscape looks completely different today than it did this time last week. And I did not expect that sort of squash for Samoa Joe. I I, I didn't see it. What do you, it, it was it like? What a minute? It was less than. It was less than. He got in. He got his hands around his neck, and then he choked him out. Um, Ray passed out again, and then the music hit. The entrances took longer than the match. But Ray hit a six one nine, right? I don't think so. I didn't see that, and that that might have been. A moment where I turned away, but it definitely was a blink and you miss it match. Yeah, I heard. I was in the back. I heard Joe's music playing. I thought it was still the intro, and then he, and then it was over. <laughs> Which, I mean, by the way, so they have to figure out how to get this card down, man. They just have to. Uh. I mean, after the disaster with transit afterwards, which I knew was very possible, they just have to figure out how to make this a doable show again. Yeah. You know, I was watching, maybe that I, I, was one of the ways. Um a squash a couple of strategically placed squash matches could definitely um get that card down, you know? Um and that was a good a good change of pace and a good way to keep the audience focused too because like you said, um you think you have time, you think you got to settle in for a, a Matt Classic and it's over. But they need, obviously they need more than that because just one of those was not enough to make it short. No. What did what did it eventually what did it eventually clock in at five and a half hours for the regular show? Yeah, they went to about twelve fifteen. So five fifteen plus a kickoff show, and the kickoff show had a fair amount of matches on it. Yeah, the kickoff show had four matches, if I'm not mistaken. The the battle royal, the two battle royals, excuse me. Um, the Cruiserweight Championship match and the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Guess what it didn't have? Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg! You really felt it, too. I, I heard. I heard. Um, so, yeah, they just have to figure it out, man. 
seven and a half hours is just. I was watching nineteen the other day. What, what which is one of my all time favorites? It's the top three. See, I have mania. it as like the best. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's a top three mania. You have the Booker T Triple H Jericho HBK, um, Hogan Vince McMahon, Kurt Angle and Brock and The Rock and Stone Cold all on that card. It feels absolutely epic, and it it's it it wasn't five and a half hours. I don't know how long. It, well, let me look it up. It, it wasn't five and a half. Four. Four's fine. And that's with the pre, with the kickoff show. Do they do kickoff shows then? They had like the heat. Remember, they it would be like Sunday night heat, and then it would go into the main show. So even if you drop off Sunday night heat, well, you know what I mean. It, it doesn't come close because heat would be an hour max. So even if you add heat to whatever the the main show clocked in at, it does not come close. It, do, it doesn't have it doesn't have runtime on the Wikipedia page. I could do it if I go on the network and look. Yes, there was Sunday Night Heat. You're right. Preliminary matches. Ashanti sang America the Beautiful. Okay. By the way, Yolanda Adams sounded tremendous. Yeah, she killed it. But, okay, if you add up the match times at least, 12, 27, 35, 55, 1, blah, 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 130, it was two hours of wrestling matches. They had two hours of wrestling matches, which Greg which is superb. Said, which says to me it was probably a three-hour show. You'll be shocked to hear this, but according to the network, it's three hours and forty-six minutes. Three forty-six. That is a full hour and a half shorter than Sunday. And and one of the great all-time manias. And it had and it had like five or six matches that had really meaningful stories. Yeah. So so I mean we obviously know the highlight was Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Um and you know, one thing that I think as we've been praising Kofi endlessly as we should, the one thing that we have to remember, man, Daniel Bryan was on the good side and the bad side. Of the two best babyface moments of the last decade. Yeah. Rarified air for that man. Rarified air. It, it, it all tells the one story, too, like, it, which is what makes it so brilliant. Um, I forget which movie it is where they say, you know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain or something like that. I think it might have been one of those Batman films, but, like, that's exactly what happened to Daniel Bryan. That is exactly what happened to Daniel Bryan. And we watch it, and it's told brilliantly. And then um, I hope we see more of him. But if this is how he decides to hang it up and, like, sneak out, um, it was perfect. Um, Yeah. It was you – think, you think he's gone for a while? I do think he's – I do think he's gone for a while. Um, I don't know what – because you asked the question, right? Like, well, you didn't ask, but you have to think about where where he goes from here. And I think what he does now is just, you know, stay away for a little while so that when he comes back, um, he's fresh and he can have more to give. I, I still think he has a lot left in the tank. But um, if this is a way for him to just take a little bit of a break, uh, I wouldn't be mad at that. 
Yeah, no, me too. I mean, and and what a moment he got to be a part of considering this. He's all on, on borrowed time. It's a pretty cool. So we had that as a high. Um, what did you think of the women's match? The triple threat. That's right. I think it was a it, it was a high on in terms of hype. Um, the Charlotte helicopter video package entrance thing I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then the match itself had highs and lows. I think the way it ended, even though Becky. Um, did what everybody wanted her to do and walked out and established herself as Becky Two Belts. The match itself ended up being a low, especially that finish. But um, and it was so late too. I mean, here's here's how itself. here's how I felt about the time. You're hurting me. <laughs> yep. Here's how I felt about the finish. I see. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. And here's how I felt when the show ended. I was so happy. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the roller coaster that I think um, all of the fans, especially our cheap heat listeners, were on when that match uh, came. Tom, so it sounds like the way they handled it, though, in terms of not mentioning anything, that was not intentional. Becky uh, Ronda's shoulders not being down does not seem like it was intended to be part of the story. Yeah, it it seems like um, somebody messed up. Maybe Ronda. Uh, maybe the ref, maybe Ronda and the ref. Um, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm it's, okay it's, if we don't see her for a little while too. I I, I don't think we will. And I, I really, it would have been nice if you're going to let Becky take over the division if she could have like beaten up Ronda a little bit and gotten a good win. But it's cool. I'm not going to be that guy. Well, um, well, Charlotte did get her licks on Ronda. She backhanded her something fierce uh, toward the middle of the match which I don't know if you caught if you caught that but it was just like uh, it, it had it seemed vicious yeah I did notice that that was strong um, <laughs> it was woo. A underrated match of the night probably the way it was positioned but I thought it was really good with Seth and um, and Brock you're here I'm here let's do yeah, um, I definitely give it to that or the the Randy Orton AJ Styles match as underrated match of the night, just because I feel like most people didn't see it. But then if you watch it back on the network, and he even sent out a he put out a social media post basically apologizing to the fans for having that bright yellow light shining in the face of most of the people in the arena. What, like if you weren't was on it, the floor, was it their whole match? It was most of the match. It was like half the match. Thank you, Paul, Peter, Rosenberg, whatever your name is. Um, why did that happen? It was why during that match? Well, it happens every year around like when that twilight, when the sun starts to go down and then like everything is changing over from light to dark. Some WWE lighting guy turns on a light that shines in everybody's face in the 100, 200, 300 level. If you're above that, you're kind of fine because you don't have to look at the ring. You can look at one of the big screens pretty easily. But, um, it, yeah, it happens every year. They need to figure that out. And then they changed the color of the light, and it was fine for the rest of the night. But um, while they were figuring that out, people just couldn't see the match. 
Yeah, I, I I saw a lot of complaints about that. I didn't fully understand it. Did you notice the one spot though when when um AJ missed the top rope and then Randy just jumped in the air and took a back bump by himself? <laughs> I did not. That is a moment you should just go back and enjoy. That's commitment. He just jumped. He just flew in the air for absolutely no reason. Because I guess they mistimed it. It was it was interesting. But I got to go back and rewatch that one. Did you enjoy uh, Miz and Shane? Oh, I absolutely did. That match was was fantastic. Um, it brought it really brought a level of intensity that I, I guess I should have expected, being that it was false count anywhere. But I did not expect. Uh, it was a great showing for Miz as a babyface. And I got to tell you too, when they came into the crowd, um, they came right to our section. It was me, Linda, Dip. Um, Skyler, his brother Jace, we were all together watching that match, and they came right to our section. They fought all the way around it, and then the finish happened about uh, maybe ten feet from us. I see. Uh-huh. It it looked incredible. Um, they they brought energy to the crowd that it was that was really needed. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I thought the the thing they landed on looked a little in soft. I mean, I know I'm being that guy, but like, <laughs> it it was a great spot. I, I've never seen that before. So the suplex from that high up yeah. is so scary. No matter what you're landing on, like I don't even get doing it. But uh, did the crowd react as if there was that holy ish impact, or could they tell it was kind of a soft landing? Oh no, every. Cause even there was a point where Miz threw Shane like off the, off the rail by the, um, by all the foreign announced teams. Mm-hmm. And that got the holy S reaction. That skull crushing finale that Shane ended up kicking out of got the holy S reaction. And I don't know if, I don't know how it came across on TV, but when, when Shane kicked out, Miz had like this sadistic sort of smile on his face. Like if he wants more, I'll give him more. And then. The match wrapped up shortly thereafter, but it was um, it was a really great match. Well, I'm glad I'm glad it felt that way. I, I watched that one from the back, so I wasn't out there to feel what it actually felt like. And I did think some of the spots were great. I could have dealt with a little less of Mrs. Dad, if I'm being fully honest with you. Um, <laughs> what do you got against uh, baked potatoes, man? I'm I like baked potato face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I just was a lot, but I did like when Shane went and fixed his hands. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Dad is is a meme for the ages. He's officially I don't know who was the square up meme before, but I think he's I think he's taking it over for for the rest of all time. And what did we think about? So I I hyped myself up into believing that this was going to be the moment that John Cena. Came out and that he's gonna find a way to get rid of Baron Corbin. Oh no! And so, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So when that didn't happen, you're hurting uh, me. Yeah. I did think it was cool though that Shane that uh, Kurt asked the crowd to ask the back to hit his music so the crowd could give him the the "You Suck" serenade one last time. Um, that was dope. But other than that, though, I, I wanted more from that match. I, I- I still don't understand. I I thought it was cool that John did the thugonomics thing and not the regular thing. I'm I'm yeah. cool with that. But like why is, did he not want to have a match? Like he wouldn't have been better off in a story. 
he wouldn't have had a match with Kurt Angle? They needed to forward Baron Corbin there? Yeah, I don't know. I remember there was talk of John Cena having a match against Lars Sullivan. And, um, Not the stupid John, Lena, John Cena's low level. Yeah, I wonder if Lars Sullivan... Um, not being on TV sort of impacted John Cena. You would have to think that they would find. I, there is no excuse though. Like no matter what happens, it's John Cena. It wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, sorry, um, Bundy's hurt, Hogan. You don't have a match. I mean, he's still the most famous guy in the company. Yeah. And Although he just comes I, I, out I say though, and just does I a little rap. Economics. No, me too. It was cool. I had to hold back from asking for a picture backstage. Really wanted one. Really did. I mean, you should have. You should have. You guys are friends. It was a it was a moment that was you know, should have been captured in time, but I I felt weird. Um I don't know. I just can't see how two years in a row John Cena doesn't get a match and these are years when he's healthy and we don't know how many years we have left of him. Both years feel like a waste to me. Yeah. Although I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie that that video package of the Babe Ruth calling his shot in the World Series against the Cubs, um, we can dispute whether Babe Ruth actually called his shot or not. But that was a major video package. And uh, did the crowd have any idea what was going on? Well, no. I think we were all confused as the Babe Ruth stuff was playing. But then, as soon as his music hit, um, even even like the youngins in the crowd, there were some people in front of me who were definitely not either not alive for his um Dr. Thugonomics word life era or they were probably toddlers and they knew right away this was John Cena and that he was about to spit some bars. And then of course on Monday, well we'll get to Monday. We got to finish getting through this. Um the Iconics match um I was happy for them but man it was quiet out there. You know, someone a couple of matches are really going to take an L when you have a card that long. And in my opinion, the matches that took the biggest L were the women's four-way and... Keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Didn't Did, did the crowd feel into that match at all? No, it didn't. It did not. And, um, I mean, I did. I was into that match. I really liked the level of brutality that they brought to it. But, yeah, the crowd, it seemed like they... They weren't into it at all. And, uh, you know, I almost sort of feel bad for Triple H because um, this is, I think, his 12th Mania in a row. And um, he just always seems to find a way to have these good to great stories going in and these matches that you sort of anticipate that when they come due to their positioning on the card for whatever reason, even when he's in the main event, they feel overshadowed or they don't feel special. And these are good matches. I mean, his his um no no call his um excuse me, no holds barred match with Brock at the last mania where his career was also on the line was a good match. Um you think about his match with Jericho, that was a good match. Uh his match with Orton in the main event for the WWE title. These are good matches that are just in the wrong position on the card. For whatever that whatever reason, I, I don't know where you put them that it would be better received and the crowd would appreciate I what think, they gave us. But uh, maybe they should have started the show. Yeah, but Brock wants to go home. I get it, so, but Brock could have gone. Brock could have gone second. 
Or they could have gone second. No one would have expected if they went second. If after the Brock match... I came back to be WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I earned the right to do that by winning the Rumble Royal Rumble. So, SGG, overall, how would you rate WrestleMania? Overall, I would probably give it... Would you say it was... The Majesty. Major. Mage. Or... It was Repug. No, definitely not Repug. I'll go... I'll go m mage m m m m mage Yeah. I can I can definitely go there. What time did you arrive at the building? I got to the building Oh my goodness. Probably like 4. Oh my god. And wh- and how did you leave? I took the transit which I had I had faith in and it was that faith was definitely um misplaced. And no matter what New Jersey Transit says, uh, this is on them because um, they they've hosted a WrestleMania recently, and I feel like I was able to get out of there pretty smoothly the last time they hosted WrestleMania, and um, that was not the case this time. They didn't have enough trains, and um, you find out later that they also didn't have enough people to conduct those trains and get them back and forth between Manhattan and New Jersey. So I ended up not getting back to where I was going to lay my head until like three, which is absurd. Were you, who were you hanging out with at the like train? It was me and my boy, Rich. We were there. Um, we didn't stay around too long after Mania. You know, I, I copped some merch. I took some pictures. I sold my seat, and then we went straight to the train line. So how, much you, how much did you get for your seat? I got a hundred. Not bad. Nah, it's not bad at all. Did you meet a lot I'll of peckerheads? There were a lot of peckerheads in the in the um, in the MetLife Center, and I'm surprised by how much these peckerheads recognize my face. I'm, I mean, my voice, I get it, but a lot of people recognize me by face, which uh, I appreciate, and I appreciate everybody who came up and said what's up, asked for a picture. All of that is, you know, this is the time of the year. It's like a big family reunion when all these marks get together. So I appreciate the love. Was Dipperstein on fleek also? Of course. Of course, which is, it's kind of funny. Dipperstein got no sold with the Johnny Gargano uh, celebration. But, um. Oh, he was completely, he was completely left out. Complete, completely left out. uh, But not in my life, though. Well, you're too physically strong and large, so no, he can't be seen. Yeah, and I think it—I think it helped that when Johnny um, sort of tripped, I was there for him. I reclaimed my status as the physically strong. I, I helped get him to his feet so that he could celebrate like the NXT champion should do. Good for you, SGG. Um, we won't even have time to talk about Takeover, but obviously Takeover is always good. There's not that much to say. Yeah, um, I say this after every Takeover. It felt like that was the best takeover. <laughs> That's what you could take away from that. Yeah, and maybe there's something you could learn there because they're like five matches long. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Everybody loves it, and it's always like five matches. Yeah, it's all. It's always only five matches. Um, 
And there are people that we love on NXT who don't get takeover matches. I mean, Keith Lee is there. I don't think the Street Profits have ever had a takeover match. I've been waiting for them to have one for forever. Um, Bobby Fish hasn't had a takeover match in a while. And it's just like, listen, if the storylines don't dictate a match, you don't get one. Whatever it is, what's happening now, seven and a half hours nonsense is just not going to work. And then, so, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought Mania was cool. Um, it was better than it could have been. Um, the Shane Miz thing was fun. Kofi was amazing. The girls were pretty good. Did they, did it match up the level of hype that it had? I don't think it did, mostly because of how late it came on, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that made it a complicated situation, um, to possibly live up to what you could have hoped it would. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what else, uh, really stood out? Seth and Brock, I thought was really good. They told a nice story and told it quickly. I thought on the kickoff <laughs> show, Hawkins and Ryder winning the titles was fun. I was um, shocked by that. I really was, and and now he's got a winning streak going. He's two wins instead of uh, however many. There you go. It was how quickly things can turn around after a couple of years. You never know. It's a it's a it's a message for life. Things are fluid. Things change, and now Hawkins yeah. having a great time. New baby, streaks over, tag team champs. So that's pretty cool. Um, but overall, you know, I think unfortunately. One of the big grades people walk away from is saying long. Yeah. Which I don't know is the ideal way. And then and then you get into Monday. Seth comes out. We have the hot, raw, after mania, international crowd. We get Kofi. Kofi and Seth together. They're going to unify. And I think for a second, wow, they unified the women. They're going to unify the men's titles now, too. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't picture either one of them losing, so I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe it'll get delayed to a pay per view, like it'll get broken up somehow. It'll end up being a pay per view because someone crazy will show up. And then Greg, what we ended up getting was an interruption from the bar. I, I don't know the last time I recall a more disappointing end to the first Mania after all. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think the crowd at Barclay Center agrees with you on that one. Well, I heard um, some of the chants that made it very clear. Yeah. Yeah. They were 100% behind you with that one. They were not pleased. Now, I, I like the Lacey Evans appearance with Becky. Um, Yo, that was strong. And that women's right came across like... Whew, that was a beautiful punch. Beautiful. The whole that whole bit was beautiful. Um, I'm looking now at a little bit of um, mail. Someone wrote Becky two belts will more than likely be on a shirt by Tuesday. <laughs> yep. And um, people are gonna buy it. When? By the way, when did the Becky two belts start? I think it started after they made it like winner take all. She decided that that's what she was going to do. She's going to win them both and that that's what people are going to have to call her. And then she did. And then she has been calling herself that. And, um, 
it's interesting too because I think on Instagram I saw she posted a a photo and um WWE has already made a variation or somebody has already made a variation of her the man shirt with her holding up both titles. So that might be the shirt that we get. And it does look good. It is absolutely going to be uh, a hot seller. Well, it's it's not actually there's only one problem with it. It's not a belt, it's a title. Um All right. Brian writes us mail and says from WrestleMania 30 to 35 has there been a better wrestler that's had better WrestleMania showings than Daniel Bryan even with him taking two years off for his retirement has anybody been more major WrestleMania the culmination of the S movement at 30 the IC ladder match at 31 tagging with Shane O'Mac against KO and Sami Zayn at 34 and then putting over Kofi Huge at 35 that is a most non-repug run thoughts stay mage and as always enjoy yourself and I'd like to say back to you, Brian. Take it easy, man. No, I'm with you. Daniel Bryan's been phenomenal. Rock writes us. Mail. What would be better than the New Day getting the tag belts and free birding all the titles? That opens up so many new storylines if they want to eventually break the New Day up. It's a perfect setup. Ear Woods can get mad that they don't get to defend the WWE title as much as the others. And there's your breakup story. Am I crazy? This is perfect. I think it'll be fun. I don't think they need yeah. the title, though, to do that. I think they can still free bird around with just the championship. And I think they should. I mean, that'd be real cool. How about this? Jesus writes us. Mail. Gents, I'm sure you've all thought yourselves that Mania itself is just too long and should be shortened. But I'm here to tell you, no. They need to go the opposite direction. Embrace all they have to offer... And go to the music festival route. Maybe two to three rings, not including access, with different network streams for each ring. But stagger it out so if there's an overlap, it isn't with any of the marquee stuff. Making sure the WWE Universal IC and both women's world titles always have everyone's attention. Change up access to be the first couple of days if you want to keep that close to what it already is. WrestleMania should be all things WWE. It's the granddaddy of them all and they should act like it. It's a very interesting message. Now, here's Lewis. Mail. I'm sure everyone's weighing in on the length of WrestleMania, and I've seen the old break the show into two nights discussion pop up. As someone hashtag with a life, the last thing I need to do is try to convince my family I need to spend two four-hour nights in a row watching wrestling. And seeing as how Vince always looked at Raw and SmackDown as less than equal, it's hard to believe that one night wouldn't become the B-Show, most likely Saturday, since Sunday night has always been the traditional night. So how about these changes for next year's Mania that could actually happen? Six-hour total show length, two-hour pre-show, four-hour main card. More matches on the pre-show. This might actually work out in their favor, making the pre-show feel like less of an afterthought. Move the start time. Start the pre-show at 3 p.m. Eastern, main card at 5 p.m., shows over by 9. Create a halftime show. Do the Hall of Fame package, commercials, musical guests, right in the middle to serve as an intermission. Tighten the entrances and video package. I'm against eliminating them altogether as they do offer a breather in between matches, but should be used more sparingly. While we're at it, can we move the Rumble to February so there isn't such a long time between it and Mania? 
The build to both title matches this year would have been better served with one less month of shows and rando pay-per-views no one cares about. Keep on, keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls, Lou. <laughs> Tr- that's a tremendous email, Greg. That, that, I'm Great sorry. Suggestions. Great and suggestions. I gotta tell too. you. And it's it's better than the 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 festival. Well, I'm sorry, I can't I can't do a three day WrestleMania festival. And and, yeah. and it just doesn't. It, 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 you're gonna end up missing things. It's just so. It it just would be hard to pull off. And do we need it to be longer? Is that really the answer? Is we have to embrace it and make it even longer? Yeah, no, this is perfect. It was it was all nice, tight suggestions that they could implement immediately. Uh, John writes us. Mail. Who's more annoying and punchworthy? Superstar Billy Graham for his remarks that Kofi shouldn't get, that should get on the juice or the guy who ambushed Bret Hart? Peckerhead for life, J Bone. Greg, where were you? Where were you to protect Bret? They wouldn't let me in the building. I had my, I had my sunglasses. I had I had a pink tie. They would they just would not let me in. I think they were worried that I was going to be the one to rush Brett. Although I would have been a it would have been a hug. I would have hugged. Yeah, him not and not, said, a, not a suplex. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, S- sandwich writes us. Good old sandwich. Mail. Can't believe on the grandest stage of them all, Jason Jordan did not join the rest of the Angle family to kiss Kurt after his farewell match. Was there some falling out? I hope this doesn't drive a wedge into their relationship. Love the show. Stay amazing and enjoy yourself. Sandwich in Bristol. Um, you know, we, we never found out how Kurt's wife feels about uh, the illegitimate son, Jason Jordan. That might That might be some clues into what happened with that. Well, remember though, his current wife he's only been with for a few years, so it predates her by a long time. Yeah, but still, you know, people have weird feelings about things like this. Yeah, it's true. It's a really good point. Yeah, the, the, I, we could do a whole podcast about the Brett thing. Um, how disturbed that guy must have been. Do you look at his Twitter page at all? Um, briefly, and yeah, disturbed is the right word for it. But I also don't want that to be like an excuse for any type of leniency. I feel like throw throw the book at him. Well, I, I got to tell you, I feel like he kind of got his punishment already. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's a fine line. Like, you know, the guy almost seemed like he could be a damn school shooter. With the kind of stuff he was saying, he was just yeah. cra- it was just the, it was the ramblings of a crazy person. He was Zach Linder or Jace. <laughs> no, just kidding, Zach. <laughs> um, so I would I would overall say the weekend was cool. Listen, I don't like Mania in New York. It's not my favorite place to celebrate WrestleMania. Um, it's it's weird. Everything being at home is sort of weird. Show itself was cool. Um, takeover was great. Hall of Fame was improved. Granted, the fact that there was a ridiculous Bret Hart attack did make it more interesting. And I know that's terrible, but it did. Isn't that, that terrible? Is awful. That's awful. <laughs> Am I lying? I mean, it did garner the WWE some attention. Uh, the Hall of Fame led the nightly news on all the major networks. 
Granted, it's not the attention that they want. Um, Heart attack. <laughs> Stop Wrestling me. champion Bret Hart was attacked by a crazy person. It was... <laughs> and then, you know, I just... I really... I got to tell you, SGG, I looked so forward to the Raw after Mania, and I was... I was just very let down. I mean, was Lars Sullivan the only really big surprise? Yeah, and which is... Not really a surprise. Listen, no, they've been airing video packages since January saying uh, these are the call-ups. And it was, you know, Lars and EC3 and other people were part of that, Lacey Evans. And so on Monday, for your surprise, your surprise is, excuse me, to be Lars finally showing up after months of prep and Lacey Evans finally doing something after months of us hearing about her. Those aren't surprises that they finally I, I know, did something. I, 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 I could argue it was one of the least exciting Raws after Mania of all time. Uh, yeah. Well, especially since they've been trying to make WrestleMania Monday a thing and selling you on this idea of, like, anything can happen. Um Sami Zayn oh, yeah. kind of was surprising and interesting. Who's? Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. He he gave the crowd a little bit of what they needed to hear, though. I mean, I'll say that. He, he was, put them in their place. Yeah, he he didn't say anything wrong. He was definitely spot on with uh, his criticism of the crowd. <laughs> it was Sami Zayn looked like Dean Ambrose. It freaked me out. Um... No, yes, yeah. but again, that's still not a big surprise. Been rumored that Sammy would be back for months. Yeah, I mean, they aired a video package on him too in December. Yeah, he had a video. Said, there was nothing. Soon. There was no real surprise. You know, on Tuesday, the Hardys won the title from the Usos. You know, that could set up a fun little back and forth between those guys. Yeah, um, and um, Braun showed up, and we found out that Joe's feet worked too, as along with his hands, because he got out of that ring. <sighs> a, a, and by the Olympic way, and, oh, by, oh, by the way, I forgot about my biggest complaint. Next week is the shakeup. Why did they make this week the shakeup? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like next week's the superstar shakeup, and this week they're like, oh my god, it's from Raw. They have some yeah. from SmackDown, but next week's the shakeup. Uh, how stupid do you think we are? I feel like Dipperstein right now. I'm sorry, but I do. As as I feel. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's true. Everything has to be so previewed. Oh, do you see what's happening? People are showing up. That means next week's the shakeup. <laughs> right. I see. Uh huh. All right. I'm getting too angry. I have to go do the Michael K show. Um, shout out to everyone who has sent emails. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, SGG. Um, we'll, we'll get into more. Mania is so long and the week is so long. We'll probably digest more as the weeks come and go. But also, if you haven't gone back, we did a lot of interviews that came out Saturday and then I did more at Mania. So there's like, I highly doubt props to anyone who's listened to all four cheap heats, the Dipperstein, the preview with Dipperstein, the interviews from Saturday, the interviews from Sunday, and then this one. It's been a, I mean, we've given you a lot of oh content God. over the last week. We we sound like WWE with this. Yeah, I know. We're we actually need to calm down. It's been as long as Mania yeah. itself. SGG, before do you, me a favor before you step off. Oh no! I, oh my God! Oh my! No! No! Oh my God! I'm so sorry. That was so disrespectful. 
Yeah, I, ha- I have um, to get this one in this week. Um, I got a message for on Twitter from uh, at TJ Sutton 04 and he um, he gave me the idea for how we're going to do it this week. So I have to get this one in in honor of Kofi Mania and the accomplishment that he he had on Sunday. My honorable mention is going to go to all the pioneers who paved the way uh, for black professional wrestlers. I'm talking uh, Bobo Brazil, Vero Small, JYD, uh, Luther Lindsay, Ethel Johnson, Teddy Long, uh, and, and too many to name, but all the pioneers are coming in in the honorable mention. And in the number three are the future stars of of professional wrestling, um, some of whom I saw on the floor. They came out to the crowd to watch the Kofi Kofi match, and that sort of felt special to me that they that it meant enough to them to come out and see the match for themselves with the crowd and experience it. I'm talking about, you know, Velveteen Dream, Bianca Belair, Sonny Kiss, Ricochet, Keith Lee, Ariel Monroe, Cedric Alexander, some future stars who could themselves attain world championship status in the number three. In the number two, um, the former world champions for the men division who paved the way for Kofi uh, to get to this point. R-Truth at TNA, uh, Mark Henry with the World Heavyweight Championship in WWE, Booker T with that same championship. Um, Ron Simmons. The Rock, former WWE champion. Yeah, Ron Simmons, uh, former WCW champion. And um, all of that you know, led us to this moment that we got on Sunday that feels so special to not just the black fans, but all the fans all over the world. In the number one, Kofi Kingston. I feel, I feel by the way, coming, before you get to Kofi, champion. before you get to Kofi, I feel we should also mention the natural butch read. All right, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> yes, and with the pioneers, the natural butch read and all those he was people mage. who paved the way. <laughs> he was Kofi super Kingston's mage. Coming in number one, he That's was. Right. Um, him and Ron Simmons as that tag team too. Doom was pretty good. If people haven't yeah. checked them out on the network, but yeah, the first African born WWE champion. Um, before this, all the champions have either come from Europe. Asia or North America, so he uh, he cracked it open for the continent. Uh, as Ebro liked to say, shout out to Africa. It's the year of return. In the number one, Kofi Kingston. And also... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry that I... I don't know how I could have... You know, it shows that no matter how much progress we make, there's always a white man to mess up and just nearly blow right through the black power rankings. <laughs> how dare me. Um, no, but no. shout out, very, very happy for Kofi and, uh, all, everyone out there who was, that moment felt electric. I, I went out on the, that was the, that was the only moment I had to go be on the floor for and it was certainly special. Um, SGG. If people haven't listened, they gotta check out that interview that you did with him right after, um, as soon as you get back from the curtain. The first yeah, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was just, it was just behind Gorilla. It was it was a nice little moment there. If you want to check that out, SGG, do me a favor, stay mage and enjoy yourself. Oh yeah, and take it take easy, it man. Take it easy, man.